に上がら関係ねえ<笑> Shall we begin? Into his coming I can do this all day Tear down this wall Welcome to another episode of the Unscriptify podcast, to another extraordinary guest and another unfiltered、uh, story powered by Jägermeister. We are joined by the 29 year old piece of gold, former NXT Cruiserweight Champion, CZW Heavyweight Champion, Impact X Division Champion, Leo Rush. Here we come without scripts and without boundaries with the man of the hour. Leo, thank you for coming and are you ready to go genuine, uncensored, and unscripted with us today? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. I appreciate you guys having me on. This is,、uh, is going to be good. Anytime. So, Leo, you gained prominence for your time in WWE, but it was a long way until there, building your name in the Indies, spilling blood in CZW. And can you say that five year old you boy is living his pro wrestling dream? uh Yeah, for sure. I definitely think I've, I've lived. This dream to the fullest.、Um, never in my wildest dreams that I think that I'd be able to accomplish as much as I have、uh, in my career so far.、Um, so, yeah, I think five year old me would be pretty damn proud right now. Yeah, but、uh, stepping into Square Circle, it's like entering a world of its own. So, can you share maybe a moment that truly defined the essence of pro- professional wrestling for you? Um, I think winning the, the WWE Cruiserweight title, um,、mm-hmm. uh, he really, you know, made everything sink in. Um, you know, that this was real, this was a dream that I had since I was a little kid, and I uh, I, I went after it, um, I went after it full force, and I didn't stop until I uh, reached that goal, and I was making it to WWE, and、mm-hmm. I, I'm super. That I was able to not only make it to WWE, but win a, a major title in WWE too. So、uh, I'm super, I'm super happy about that.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, do you like、uh, your time in WWE? I think, unfortunately, we haven't seen you enough、uh, in the ring wrestling, but you obviously, your role as a manager,、uh, I wish I could have seen you with some superstars wrestling then, but、uh, it was your managerial role. You said, Once in an interview, I remember that、uh, it helped uh, uh, perfect your promo skills that you thought you didn't、uh, have up until then. So, so, my question would be do you think that promo work and character work is in today's professional wrestling equally important as the in ring work? Because I, c- I kind of have a feeling that maybe today in ring work is a little bit more important, in contrary to maybe. 90s, maybe 80s, and before that. What's your opinion on that?、Um, I definitely think a lot of people are misled with with that. I still think that character work is is equally as important as in ring work.、Um, you know, you got to care about the person who's in the ring. And if you don't care about the person who's in the ring, then they're just, you know, they're just anybody. They're just somebody doing whatever.、Uh, That the next person can do.、Um, you know, there's tons of athletes in the world. There's tons of athletes in the world. You know, professional wrestlers aren't the only people that can flip.、Uh, they're not going to be ball. So,、um, you know, you, you got to bring personality. You got to bring that character work into, into the ring as well as outside of the ring. And I think that's what makes a professional wrestler, in my opinion, because if you don't have that, then you're not a professional wrestler. 
Yeah. I wanna go back to that moment when you captured the Cruiserweight uh, title in NXT. How did it felt uh, at that exact moment when you heard uh, the third count uh, from the referee? Repeat, wait, repeat that question? <laughs> How did it felt at that exact moment when you heard the uh, three count uh, from the referee when you won your Cruiserweight uh, championship in NXT? Uh, it was it was surreal for sure. Um, you know, I, I definitely wondered in the moment, you know, um, and maybe I shouldn't have wondered in the moment, but in my head, uh, you know, what comes next? Like, how how am I going to carry myself as a champion? In, uh, who am I going to defend it against? What show am I going to defend it on? Uh, things like that. So um, as soon as I won, as soon as I heard that three count, um, you know, so many things went on in my head and I was excited for the future from, from there on. Yeah. And among all the storylines, not just in NXT and WWE, but overall, which one is maybe your favorite? You would look forward going back, maybe doing it uh, once again. And whom did you enjoy to work uh, with the most? My favorite storyline for sure was me and Angel Garza. I think it, it had some in-depth. Awesome interest. Yeah, I, I I highly enjoyed it. Um, a lot of in-depth character work, a lot of, uh, you know, promos, good good storyline. You know, everything was there. The matches, like you said, uh, it was it was a fun time. Me and Andrew Garza definitely tore it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you hit him with I, what I think is a picture-perfect springboard stunner, but from the yeah. bottom rope, you ball it. It was actually picture-perfect, like... Uh, as good as you can pull it off. I appreciate that. Yeah, I I remember thinking in my head, like, man, I hope I can pull this off. And when I did land it flush, I was like, man, this is this is gonna be one that's gonna be in the highlight books for for years to come. So glad that you you know you guys are still talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I mean, it, when you're in the ring, and especially when you have a style as yours is with a lot of acrobatics and mm, high flying stuff. Uh, do you think that maybe it's, uh, I don't know how to say, but w- when you have a technical wrestler, say like Brad Danielson, do you think uh, that maybe because of quote-unquote slower style, maybe of wrestling, it's kind of easier to call spots? Is it heavy on you to call spots in the middle of the ring, maybe because of that style? Uh, no, because I-, I know my style. You know, I know my style. Uh, so it's not it's not hard for me. It's not complicated for me. Um, this is something that I've perfected over over you know the last ten years. So um, anything that I do in the ring, um, I'm highlighting. You know, I'm highlighting me. I'm making sure that I'm the one that needs to uh, remember what's going on because you know it's it's me doing doing the offense. It's me running around. It's me dipping and dodging. So uh, it's not hard for me at all. Yeah, I want to ask you as well uh, because. Luca mentioned the springboard side of the call-up. I like it more than the final out as your signature move. But uh, which move are you maybe happy then that you don't need to sell anymore? Because uh, uh, the the lumber check from uh, Cedric Alexander, I loved how you took it then. Uh, but, but did you like to take moves as maybe that one? Uh, I hated... Um, every time Finn Balor would stump me off of that top rope, <laughs> I like that yeah. at all. <laughs> so I'm pretty glad that, that I don't have a grown man, uh, flying from 12 feet in the air, landing on my chest anymore. 
yeah. I mean, uh, when we had Tyler Breeze on, uh, we discussed similar thing, and I explained my undying hatred for Canadian Destroyer as one okay. of the absolutely, in my opinion, dumbest moves. Kudos to everyone that can pull it off. But just as a viewer, I think it's dumb. Did you ever, Canadian Destroyer, did you ever take it? I, I don't remember watching oh, it. Many times, many times. And what do you think of it? I think it's the most disgusting thing on earth. Oh, yeah, it's disgusting for sure. <laughs> Canadian Destroyer is becoming a light motif of this podcast slowly. <laughs> it's, I hate it. It's, I just hate it. I don't get it. <laughs> just as a pro wrestling fan, I don't get it. Uh, tell me this, you went full circle, like, because you worked in Indies, went to NXT, WWE, AEW, Impact, uh, Indies again, and you had your moments in each, uh, each one of them, but, uh, what is different? Because to me, my perception, at least as the fan, uh, the atmosphere in WWE is so much different than other Indies, but on the other hand, a lot of wrestlers are proud of wrestling in, uh, high school halls and similar stuff? Um, you know, it's all different. There's, there's, there's different, uh, landscapes and those landscapes come with different wrestlers and different mindsets. Uh, so they're, they're all different than, than one another. Um, you'd think that there wouldn't be, uh, many differences, but I, I definitely feel like that there, that there are, um, you know, you got, you got, you got TNA, you got you got AEW, you got WWE, uh, Ring of Honor. Uh, they all have such a specific focus on uh, their style of wrestling. You know, you you hear a lot about how WWE are just like the sports entertainers, and then the AEW professional wrestlers, and then you know, and then you got the you know the the X division, which is special, and in uh, in TNA, so mm-hmm. uh, it's. And then you got Ring of Honor, who, you know, people fight with honor. Yeah. And the, uh, uh, the different sets of, of match rules and stuff like that. So it, it all it all varies based on uh, promotion. I think it's pretty cool. So it keeps wrestling interesting. You know, you don't want to you don't want to watch one thing and then turn the channel and then you're watching the exact same thing. It's, yes. It's, so um, I'm glad that there are alternatives for sure. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that, but that is... Uh, now that you mentioned a lot of those different companies, I'm thinking like, uh, how much is there is pro wrestling content, and you know, I, I already WWE is releasing so much content that I have troubles <laughs> collecting and watching all. But you know, then you have, and it's awesome stuff. I mean, I think past two three years of professional wrestling outside of COVID have been phenomenal in, 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 in as far as the content goes. But it's it's like there is so much of it you know you can't grab it almost yeah yeah no for sure there's definitely a lot of wrestling content maybe too much <laughs> but <laughs> there is a lot for sure for sure yeah uh what about your run in aw because your run in aw was short to be honest and uh, to me who didn't follow aw uh so closely at the time it was as well confusing and in my opinion, there's a lot of shenanigans in Tony's backyard. But what happened there? Why did you leave so early? And uh, this reti- uh, you were retiring, then you came back, and everything was a fuzz. Yeah, it was. Uh, that's exactly what it was, a fuzz. I think it was just a lot going on. 
um, a lot of miscommunication, a lot of uh, injury, um, yeah, a lot. Of, uh, yeah, just just a lot. I I think I think the timing was wrong. Um, mm -hmm. I think uh, tensions were high, tensions were rising, you know, it's a new company. Um, uh, and a lot of things were getting figured out. So I think, I think ultimately it just came down to just bad timing and, and, and miscommunication and, and things like that. And, you know, it happens, things happen. Things don't always work out as planned. Uh, yeah. am I right short? Uh, but I'm glad that I had the one that I did because people still talk about it, which means that it's impactful. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm super happy with what I, with what I was able to accomplish while I was there. Yeah. That, that, that was especially in AW. I think, uh, I think this year they had a lot of problems with backstage and all that, but time that you were in, I think the, as far, this far in their existence was amazing. 2021 and 2022, it was really good stuff from them. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And you, um, this is one of the bigger than life personas, just being in his present, the presence is often described as the unique experience. And you described, uh, your relationship with, with Vince McMahon, uh, saying he was my best friend when I was on Raw. What uh, advice? <laughs> uh, how much of it is it? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it was just this part. It, it was, you know, that was his baby. That was his project. Me and me and me and Bobby, that's his creation. Oh, so. It was it was cool to be able to work with Vince um, week after week and 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 getting that one on one time with him. Uh, he he enjoyed it. He loved what we were doing. So uh, I don't know if if he felt like we were best friends, but I felt like. We <laughs> <laughs> Is there maybe uh, advice or maybe critic from Vince that influenced your in ring in ring work the most since then? advice from vents that helped my in-ring work oh, i don't think so uh, I'm or on screen work and vents didn't put me in the ring so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah true uh, i think my in-ring work um has always been you know true to me and and uh something that i that i hold you know dear uh and that's something that i'm proud of you know i think i think a lot um of course you know i've had like trainers and coaches and mentors along the way uh, but for the most part, I think my style, uh, you know, created by me, uh, mastered by me. Um, and, uh, I, I think throughout the years I, I stuck to that and, uh, why it's being talked about and why it influences wrestlers, current wrestlers, uh, today. So, um, yeah, but I, I don't think that's had an influence on my in-ring work. Uh, yeah, yeah, but. But what about your on-screen persona? Uh, I definitely think uh, on-screen persona, you know, when you have somebody like Vince that's, that's right in front of you week after week and you know Vince's history with being on-screen and, and his persona and how he likes to, uh, you know, turn up the dial, you can't help but to, to, to want to do the same and, and uh, you know, want him, you want to make you want to make him proud. You want to you want to show him that you are uh, that larger than life character that he wants on screen. So I definitely think there was some some influence and some uh, some motivation there when it came to uh, the man of the hour persona. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, among the WWE locker room, which I mean, a lot of those guys you know have been there for years. I mean, you worked with Bobby. 
with, who has amazing story, I think, uh, from military to professional wrestling, MMA, professional wrestling again. Uh, did anyone in that, at least on the Raw roster where you were, anyone felt like a leader of that locker room, so to speak? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think, I, I think, you know, there were, there were a lot of people in that locker room that, that were leaders, uh, or at least tried to be, um, and I was, I was, you know, I was a part of the roster when, when Roman Reigns, uh, you know, came out with his, with his diagnosis and, um, you know, I, I, it felt like the locker room was, was lacking of a leader. And I think a lot of people were trying to, uh, step in that role or, or fill that position when he was gone. Um, so yeah, there were, there were a, a bunch of people in the locker room, um, who were leaders, um, and who, who tried to guide, um, the, the, the locker room and, and talent backstage. So yeah, there were a lot of leaders. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I have to ask you this to not forget. I mean, we mentioned the in-ring work, and uh, obviously your finisher, Frog Splash, is one of my favorite high-flying moves. Uh, where do you rank your amongst the best in history? Because I think, yeah, I, I, I have to tell you, you're you're not better than Rob Van Dam, but where would you put yourself? I think RVD is the I best. Then I don't know. That's what you'd say. That's what you. <laughs> I think, I think I can compete with with the, with the RVD frog splash. I mean, RVD influenced me. Uh, you know, I always used to see RVD hit that frog splash and bounce off of it and and sell his stomach. You know, letting people know that it hurt him just as much as it hurt his opponents. And I always took inspiration from RVD. RVD is the man. Um, yeah, but I I, I might have uh, I might have his number with that one. I think I think. <laughs> We got to put, we got to put some videos side by side. If anybody is in the video right now, please put a RVD frog splash and a Leo Rush frog splash together and let's see who gets the height. Let's see who bounces off the, the mat uh, a little higher, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, RVD is the man. Shout out to RVD. Yeah. Shout out. You just made some extra work for me in post editing, but okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, so you mentioned moment like Roman Reigns and his uh, when he uh, thought his uh, leukemia is back and stuff like that. And wrestling community is the passionate one. And what's maybe one encounter or interaction with the fan that left a lasting impact on you? Have it maybe happened with a fan? Yeah. Um. I, I'd have fans that that would come up to me and and um, express how I have literally saved their lives, uh, saved their lives because of how open I am with my mental health, uh, how I deal with it, and how I, you know, you know, approach, you know, certain situations to to get through, you know, depression and things of that nature, and with my music, uh, so I. The, those interactions are always so mind blowing to me. Um, you know, yes, I, I do what I do and say what I say to to uh, you know to inspire other people. But I think mainly it's 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 just to help me. It's it's to help me cope with things and stuff like that. And if I can, you know, inspire 
other people and motivate other people and help other people through my experiences, um, you know, that's that's amazing. It's, it's nothing like hearing, you know, hey, Leo, you you saved my life. You, you helped me through the most uh, darkest times in my life. And, and, and things like that uh, are, are very rewarding uh, to hear. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I mean, uh, also, I think uh, now that you mentioned um, you're speaking out to, to, to help yourself kind of also to cope with that, uh, I think also there's a part of uh, uh, seeing a character on, in professional wrestling, especially on TV, because on TV, everybody looks uh, sort of our professional wrestlers are heroes in some sense. Uh, but now that we have social media and all that, we can see them more as a real people as we are talking to you right now which, you know, as a kid, uh, you don't think of it that way. John Cena is unbeatable, addressed uh, Superman for all times. And, you know, it's, he, he was also it's kind of a good thing about social media for professional wrestling fans to, to interact with wrestlers on that level because before you didn't know that The Undertaker is an actual real person. <laughs> and he started doing interviews and you understand that Mark Calloway is, you know, a great guy besides being an awesome professional wrestler. Yeah, it's it's cool to be able to to see um, professional wrestlers being quote unquote real people. Uh, you know, when I was a kid, I definitely thought that you know pro wrestlers were just pro wrestlers. Uh, I remember watching, I think it was SmackDown, and I remember the episode where I think Eddie Guerrero, I think it was Eddie Guerrero that fed Big Show burritos or Mexican food, yeah. and getting in the bathroom before his match and stuff like that, and. I definitely thought, hey, this is where wrestlers eat. They eat at catering. This they eat yeah. at oh, so I don't know if they go back home and, you know, put food on the stove or or anything like that. So just being able to uh you know, I can only imagine being a wrestling fan, listening to an interview like this, watching an interview like this and seeing that your favorite wrestler is, you know, just like you. They go through the th the same things that you go through. They mm. they struggle. They, they, they bleed, they, that, you know, they get happy, they get sad, you know, all, all things that are just very normal, uh, things. So, um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I have to ask you this, uh, and I asked this every pro wrestler, uh, that was here so far, every wrestler has a crazy story from the road or from locker room on top of your head. What's your craziest or funniest story, uh, in your career? Man, I don't really. It's it's all a blur, man. It's it's all. <laughs> be completely honest with you, I wish I had more funny uh funny stories. I always get je so jealous when when I hear wrestlers um tell good locker room stories and stuff like that. I'm like, man, you remember? I I remember holding my head after the match, you know, from <laughs> from falling and stuff like that. So. I, I I tend to not really remember too many like locker room things, more so just in ring things, probably from the trauma of getting hurt <laughs> so many times. But yeah, I don't I unfortunately I don't have some some good locker room stories for you. Some people might have some good locker room stories in me, but uh yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you have you have to collect those. But I do. Yes, I gotta write. Yeah, uh, I have a final question before we wrap up. And it's the toughest one, perhaps. Uh, can you name 
your Mount Rushmore of pro wrestling? I gotta put Eddie in there. Mm-hmm. I gotta put Sean, Shawn Michaels. I gotta put Rey Mysterio. Now the toughest part, the fourth one. <laughs> Man, that's really hard. But, you know, I will say Jeff Hardy. Mm-hmm. Nice one. Nice. They, they fit your style. Also, yeah, I, I yeah. see I see why, why they are on your threshold. But uh, Eddie's frog splash is not better than RVD's still. <laughs> I thought he would say it is better than yours. But... <laughs> I, that iconic one where he went off to the side and hit Brock to win the undisputed title, that one, that one, that one that took the cake for me. So I, I don't know. Eddie, Eddie is definitely up there. Eddie, Eddie is the GOAT. So, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eddie, RVD, anybody's got a good frog splash. D-Lo, D-Lo Brown. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, his frog splash is pretty good. But, uh, yeah, shout out to those guys. Uh, especially because he was also a big man, you know, like uh, and Kevin Owens also can hit a good one. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and I have one more question. Sorry. <laughs> what do you enjoy uh, currently the most about pro wrestling? No, not just uh, about you wrestling, but uh, seeing on screen in WWE, AW or in Indies. My favorite thing that I enjoy about wrestling. I think that people are trying to be megastars. I think I think I, I I like seeing that people are genuinely trying to reach a point of superstardom when it comes to the individual wrestler. Uh, I'm saying a hunger on all of the the, the shows that. I feel like was lacking and I don't know if it's I don't know if it was a the uh holding on to a generation I don't know if it was you know uh I don't really know what it was but I think people are realizing and seeing that we are moving into a different time period of wrestling and that we need arms we need new um future legends and I think people are portraying themselves as future uh, legends mm. and that's always exciting to see um you know because that energy that type of energy bleeds through the the tv screen you know if mm. somebody they're trying uh to to be a star uh then i think the fans kind of gravitate towards that energy and they invest that that same energy into that wrestler so uh yeah, I think on on all rosters right now, people are are genuinely trying to uh, be larger than life, and yeah. that's what I'm seeing right now. Yeah, and what can we see from you in the near future, or maybe the distant one? You can expect Leo Rush to 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 tear it up like like he always does. Um, you know, uh, I'm 2024. I'm looking to step back out there and. Uh, just put a little reminder out there that uh, that I am, you know, one of the best wrestlers in the world, if not the the best wrestler in the world. Um, you know, out of sight, out of mind. So I know that there's a lot of people out there that that think that they are uh, the the person, um, but you don't realize if you're the person until you step in the ring with the person. So, <laughs> yeah. in, uh, in 2024.
competition makes us great. Yes. Yeah. But before we wrap up, we have a little tradition where we look, uh, where Luke will say a quote on our Montenegrin language and translate it to English. So he prepared a quote for this episode. Uh, yeah, I prepared a quote from uh, our uh, director, uh, Dushan uh, Makaveyev. Uh, and on our language, he said, Nezadovoljstvo svijetom i nezadovoljstvo sobom su pokretači kreativnosti. And on English, it translates. The satisfaction with the world and yourself in it are initiators of creativity. That's it. Thank yeah. you for thank you for the opportunity to, to be our guest today. Thank you, guys. I hope to see him. Sorry, go on. No, this was amazing. I appreciate you guys having me on. This was, this was a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you as well. So we stay genuine, uncensored, and unscripted, and we always will, as we have to order our usual. Share us, subscribe us, and stay tuned until the next Wednesday. Iguzo!